Well, hey yo, everybody. It is Friday, and it is March the 16th, and we're so glad you're with us for the show today. It's going to be a good one. Got a lot of great stuff coming up. Got a sweet interview I did with my pal uh, Chad Langston over at CrossFit Gardendale, um, so we're going to get into that. I've got a new segment that I'm absolutely 100% enthralled about called Bad Tunes. You're really going to love this, so you need to stick around. Uh, of course, we'll get into what's trending. There's lots of good stuff we're going to talk about in there, and we'll sew up uh, the show today with our big thought. But a little recap of the week, super fast before we jump into what's trending. Um, we had our men's conference this past weekend. So uh, Friday and Saturday, we had our men's conference at Move Church, and we themed it Legacy this year. We really wanted to talk about leaving a legacy, and um, we've been talking about this a lot as a staff and as a team. Um, because we want what we do in every capacity, I'm sure you do as well, to outlast you. You know, I don't want to do anything that's just going to last during my lifetime. I want to have an impact in other people's lives that carries on beyond me, especially even when I think about my kids, uh, when I think about our church. I want something that is going to, to last. And so we, we got into that. We had some great guys come and help us. Um, we had C.J. Blunt from Highlands Worship come in and partner up with Move Worship and do some stuff. Friday night, worship-wise, that was a blast. I opened up Friday night uh, with a session, and then the next day we had Daystar Worship from Coleman uh, come and do worship for us that day, and we had Mike Holmes from Chick-fil-A, and we had Bryce Landwehr from Wellspring uh, Clinic in Vestavia, and they brought just some some great words, some challenging stuff for our guys, for me, man. I was uh, just um, kind of pleasantly surprised at how well the content from every speaker kind of went together. You know, we, we talk about the conference, we plan it out, we prepare and all that stuff, um, but it was just really great to see all the content come together and uh, really see a, a, a group of guys be impacted by this, uh, this, this idea of legacy. And uh, it was just, it was so much fun. I really enjoyed our men's conference and, uh, if you're out there and you're a dude, uh, you definitely need to come hang out with us at Men's Conference. It is an amazing, amazing thing to see uh, guys, especially in worship, man. That's just something that gets me uh, pumped. We talked a little bit about this with our uh, our staff, just how, how just really cool it is to have men singing and worshiping together. It's a very powerful, powerful thing. Uh, but yeah, other than that, uh, just had a, a great week. Full, good, lots of stuff just ramping and roaring. I'm sure yours is as well. Uh, I did have to, um, I did have to check my kids into school twice. We we had a, a morning that kind of went south really quick. It's not normative for things to be this difficult, but I can't remember exactly what happened on Tuesday morning. Um, but whatever the case was, um, I ended up having to check in Kingston, and he was having a rough, rough morning, and to tears, and he was the whole nine yards, really upset. Uh, I, again, don't recall exactly what was going on, but uh, so we <laughs> we go to take him up there to check him in, and I'm riding. One of the things I really enjoy is if there's a place for you to be creative. And there's a rare chance that anybody's really going to see that 
I'm going to take full advantage of it. So when you sign like your your name on like a like when you're running your card, if you run it as credit, you know, the, on the the electronic pad, they'll always have like if you do credit, they'll have you sign. Well, if they have you sign, I'm not I me. Mean, I might sign. I might draw a picture, you know. Um, and so anyway, in the box next to Kingston's name on the check-in thing, it gives you, it was ask you for a reason. And so I just put lazy on there. Um, you know, I'm looking at everybody's responses and they were like, just late or, you know, little things that, you know, sound real like normal, whatever I put lazy on there. Well, we had to check him in again the next day. The next day was, uh, our, more our fault. Uh, and we don't do this again. It's not normative. We're not checking our kids in every morning, but. Um, Jennifer had hurt her back the night before. Um, I was trying to get everybody together again. I don't remember exactly what happened. Oh, um, Jennifer's mom was not able to come and, and kind of switch out. So I was having to finagle childcare and all that kind of stuff. And just ran us, it just ran us about five minutes late. So I ended up having to check them in. And, uh, and so I wrote the circus was in town and, that's what I wrote in the reason, and the the ladies up at the front. I love older ladies because I honestly feel like if I had a room filled with older ladies, I could do an amazing stand up routine. Because I think like really older ladies think I'm hilarious, and uh, pretty much nobody else does. But but I could run my material through a senior citizen home, and I think I would literally kill. Like like I might actually literally kill someone. They would laugh so much. Okay. And they just thought it was hilarious that I had wrote the circuses in town uh, as the excuse. And so we had a good laugh. But anyway, other than that, we uh, we had some uh, kind of a, a, a good week, but it was a couple of instances where it got kind of rowdy. But all is well. Well, we're going to uh, jump into what's trending. I have a ton of stuff to talk about, but I am going to try to be brief because I do want to get to phone a friend with Chad Langston. We had an opportunity to re- record a phone call between me and him. Uh, earlier in the week, I definitely want you to get to that, and I definitely want to get to this Bad Tunes segment. You're, you're just going to absolutely love it. So uh, without further ado, let's get into what's trending. Well, in case you didn't know or if you didn't care or you've been living under a rock, uh, we've had some interesting things happen this week in the world of politics. Um and I've got another. I've got three things I want to talk about today. I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, the the Trump firing Secretary of State and National Security Advisor. Uh, but I want to get to an article I read out of the Miami Herald uh, that's really interesting. We'll get to that here in just a second. But I also want to talk about the school walkouts. And I actually had a family member participate. Family members participate in one. But I want to talk about what that. What do we think that that does? What do we think that it, it doesn't do? I think people are going to land on one of two sides. I've got an interesting thought in my brain, at least, about that. But let's talk about this whole stuff with uh, the Secretary of State and the National Security Advisor. So um, Trump has fired Rex Tillerson, the Secretary of State. Um, probably a good move on his behalf uh, because it doesn't seem like Rex Tillerson and him really thought the same about what they did with, uh, especially foreign policy, uh, some of their thoughts about what Trump should do with North Korea were not the same. Uh, Rex Tillerson's being replaced by um, uh, Mike Pompeo. Uh, I hope I'm saying his name right. I think I'm saying his name right. From the CIA, chief of CIA. Uh, he is probably going to be a better fit. He has um, a lot of the same viewpoints as far as 
especially concerning because you want your Secretary of State to have you know the same for, foreign policies as you. You don't want to be butting heads on those things. Uh, foreign policy has led to um, a lot of the the bad things that have come up. Things like the Iran nuclear deer deer. <laughs> Them nuclear deers, man, you gotta watch out for them. Nuclear deal. Um, uh, th- how we interact with uh, the Middle East, how we interact with Russia, North Korea, and uh, just globally in general. Um, if you're president and you have a certain agenda, you really don't want the person who's interacting with the global community uh, and representing you in a large majority of what you're talking about to be on a different page. Uh, so it seems like uh, Pompeo is going to be uh, a great choice for that. And then uh, National Security Advisor uh, McMaster, he's out. Um, and Trump hasn't announced yet who he is putting in the hat for that. But he, he made a statement about saying that I think I'm getting really close to uh, comfort, you know, comfort in my cabinet. And I could only imagine, you know, if you thought about you have this you know, you, you get elected president, I don't care, Republican or Democrat, this would be a difficult job, uh, barring, you know, all the national circumstances and all the, you know, debt and, and jobs and, and foreign policy and all this kind of stuff, but you're, you're put in a, a situation to where you have to get a bunch of good people around you really quickly um, to help accomplish what you said you would accomplish, and you know, I can only imagine what the turnover. You know, the thing is, I don't know that I've ever kept up with politics this much, so I don't remember that much stuff happening in Obama's eight years. I don't remember a lot of people being let go. Um, it seems like Trump doesn't really get along with anybody. Um, I've even, you know, we've probably all seen some of the things with him and Jeff Sessions. You're wondering if Jeff Sessions is eventually going to be. Uh, taken out of the game, you know, and you've just seen a lot of people let go and removed um, from from their prospective place in the cabinet, and be interesting to see uh, who he chooses for his national security advisor. Because again, that's a that national security advisor, secretary of state; those are very key positions um, that you want to have. I mean, if I'm president, I want to have people in there that are that think a lot like me. Now, to be honest with you, I don't know if anybody really thinks like Trump thinks, so that might be a little bit more difficult uh, to pull off. Uh, moving right along, the school walkouts. Maybe you saw this on uh, Wednesday. And so you've got all these schools participating in a school walkout, which I'm completely fine with. I don't really have a problem with exercising the right uh, to to organize and protest. Um, you know, I'm thinking about me as a parent, um, you know, advocating for your view, uh, in the time slot that you should be getting educated. I'm not really pro that. Um, but, uh, you know, I've had uh, watched a bunch of videos, seen some things where, all these people are out of school and had some family members participate in one themselves. And, and I thought, you know, that a, a lot of this is about, you know, it, it seems like from that particular group of people about having a voice in the gun control debate and, 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 and the policies that should come out from that. This is the thing, though. And I'm not a hardcore gun nut, and I'm not this, you know, what some people – I'm not this, like, absolute liberal on these things, but – 
uh, I have guns, and, you know, I'm not driving through the streets, you know, waving out the window, like, you know, you know, with an NRA tattoo on my arm. Uh, but I'm also not the person that's like, oh my gosh, we need to get all these guns off the streets. I can see a little bit from both sides on, on the whole gun debate thing. But one of the things that I do think is interesting about the idea of the school walkouts, if we're trying to get better policies on top of policies that are good or that are just not being done well, I just think that to be a mute, kind of a mute point. Um, take, for instance, this last particular school shooting. If you look at the facts, there were multiple things that should have been done that were supposed to have been done uh, that just weren't done, like human error type stuff, negligence, whatever. Um, in most instances, these people um, are not somehow getting through really bad laws. Like there's just like like this is it's not the reality of it is that that laws for gun ownership are really good. There are not any gun laws that I can see that are bad. So when people are saying that we need better gun laws, my question is, so give me a list of the things that you are specifically saying are bad, are not working now, and, and, and I would like for you to distinguish them not working from the fact that they haven't been implemented well. So like that's, I think that's the rub on that uh, for me. Walking out of school to give a voice, and, and I'm going to be honest with you from what I can see, a lot of that seemed to be like, Parents and faculty and staff stirring up teenagers. Listen, most teenagers are not perusing uh, news channels and, uh, and, and, and uh, to be honest with you, are even somewhat interested in all this stuff. I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm not saying that they shouldn't do it. I'm saying it seems like a lot of that has been provoked from adults with agendas, not kids with agendas. Um, you know, I, I remember being 16 years old in school and I was thinking about passing my math test and where I was going to get to drive that weekend, you know, and I'm not saying that kids aren't an important part of the conversation, but also, as I stated a couple episodes back, um, just about the idea of younger people, I think they have a voice, but how much of a voice is a good question, I think, to ask, um, my kids as they grow up, uh, I ask them questions like, what do you want for dinner? They have a voice in that, but how much of a voice is up to my discretion? Say, I say, what do you guys want for dinner? And and my son says, well, we want jelly beans. Okay, well, that's great, but we're not. that's not what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? So like the idea of a, a 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old person having this large of a voice in something that and again, I think this is an interesting point as well. It's something that has emotionally affected them, and I would expect that those people would want to talk about how to prevent something that tragic ever happening again. But then all these other people, it doesn't really seem like those are being provoked from the same places. It feels like that's more or less being provoked from adults who are paying attention to the situation and then kind of suggesting and prodding students to to do certain things. That's at least what I can see. That's my uh, opinion, at least, on some of those things. But anyway, I don't, I don't think the school walkouts 
um, are something that are particularly effective. They draw a lot of media attention. Uh, and if that was your goal was to kind of like spread the quote unquote message, then that's probably a good way to do it. But I don't know that its effects um, are, are that long lasting. I've heard some people uh, comparing them to the sit-ins in the civil rights uh, movement. And that, no, I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I wouldn't compare those two at all. Again, I'm not saying that these students are completely invalid by what they're doing. I'm just saying, and I think it's a great way to say it, you have a voice, just how much of a voice do you have um, would really help maybe spark some better conversations with you know, students who um, just went through puberty maybe three years prior. You know what I'm saying? And again, I'm not saying you're invalid. I'm just saying just how much sway does a student have in conversations about this? And a lot of the student walkouts, I saw faculty and staff um, leading sort of the charge on that. So anyway, kind of monkey see, monkey do. You know what I mean? Um, but anyway, I, I want to get to this Miami Herald article I read. Um, and actually, really great app, just to let you know um, that... Let me see if I can find it real quick. It's It's called... Instapaper, I believe. Yeah, Instapaper. And I can save all my articles. I think I've talked about it on the show before. But uh, I scrolled across this article, and I saved it. And I got to read it the other day. That This was the heading. Dear Mommy, I am so sorry to do this, but I have killed myself. A transitioning teen's tale. So this article goes to talk about um, Eric... Uh, I think I'm saying his name right, Eric Verbeek, 17 years old when, and, and you have to excuse the pronouns here because they interchange them, uh, Eric is a boy that was transitioning to a girl, died on March 6th, um, and so the article is basically about a a boy transitioning into a girl, becoming transgender, or expressing transgender tendencies, setting up a plan, beginning to do some things, uh, applied for colleges, told the colleges up front, I'm transgender, very accepting of that. Uh, parents were very accepting of that. Schedule, uh, scheduling some opportunities. She was taking, uh, he was taking some, um, I believe some, su- some supplements or some, some medicine or something like that to kind of help with that transition phase. Uh, began dressing a little bit different and, and some things like that. Um, but the gist of the article is is that every opportunity afforded him to transition to her was given. Parents on board, no bullying, um, college very accepting, making slow steps towards the initial whole transition. And then ends up uh, committing suicide. And this was kind of an interesting thing. The thing that she wrote was, and and I'm on this end of like, um, I'm not, I don't think transgender, um, I don't think the transgender lingo is very fair to what's actually happening. Um the way things are stated and the way people take these things, especially maybe in more mainstream media today, 
is that they really salute and very much honor the bravery of someone wanting to transition. And more, maybe more conservatives would think um, this is a uh, this is di- kind of difficult to okay because you're saying something that <clears throat> biologically you're not, but you're saying mentally you are. And to to kind of put that in any other context, most people would say no. You know, it's just been in the last uh, 10, 15 years that this has become more and more of an accepted. Um, behavior and mental state that if um, you can't do the same thing with age and and if you did uh, you know let's just say there's a, a 16 year old year old out there that wants to start drinking you know alcoholic beverages and they're like well I'm 21 and I said well your birth date says that you're 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 this you're this age and it, was, well, it doesn't it doesn't matter that's how that's how I feel I feel like I'm 21. You could see that, and, and people don't like that. I know a lot of people don't like that because you're like, it's not the same. Um, and, and a good friend of mine brought up a really good point the other day, and and this is by no means to stir up any type of um, hatred or um, a disregarding of those people as as people because they are still people. I'm not. That's would never suggest that um, these people still don't have rights or they're not. Uh, shouldn't be taken care of or any of that kind of stuff. But they were talking about how that apparently, you know, the feeling is, well, you, you know, gender is not determined at birth. You know, people can decide that. That's what this particular instance would say. You can decide gender. You can decide your sex. But then you'll also have a group of people that maybe say from the homosexual community uh, that would say, well, I was born this way. So you can... You, you can't determine your sexuality, but you can determine your sex. So you can even see some of these little loopholes in some of the terminology and why, how people are saying things. Because people don't want to call um, what what it was called at one time gender dysphoria. They don't want to call it like that might be a mental illness. You might be thinking in a way that it's not very healthy. Um, and, and point in case with this article, I just thought it was interesting at least – and of course, the family's grieving the loss of their son, who is wanting to transition into a girl. <clears throat> uh, they're having to grieve this loss when everything was set up for her to be, to, for her to transition successfully. And yet, her exact words, and I, I want to put it: "I feel like I'm in a box. I'm in the wrong place." Um. Basically, I she basically saying, I feel like I'm trapped. I feel like I'm trapped. Now, I mean, I feel like that's the appropriate language for somebody who is having some mental angst. They're having that some trouble mentally with what to do or what to say. You know, it it, it that might come off the same way if somebody was having um, thoughts about taking their life. Uh, they may say things like, "I feel trapped" or. Somebody who is, um, you know, ex- experiencing other type of mental difficulties and emotional difficulties. <clears throat> the reason I thought this article was interesting is is that the suicide rate uh, for people that are wanting to transition or have transitioned, like even gender reassignment people, the the suicide rate is ridiculous for these people. Um, very very interesting just to note that. Um, 
if that's the case, maybe there is something to, I know at least for maybe the mainstream media, it maybe is there is something to uh, the mental aspect uh, and the mental health of someone who is considering transitioning or even tran- you know even gender reassignment. I just thought it was a very interesting article. The reason I, again, thought it was so interesting is that they actually go through and talk about all the things that that Eric had going for him in the essence of his transition. No one was fighting his transition. Everyone welcomed it. Everyone was supporting it. They were doing everything they could to help it move along the way, but uh, it was too much, still too much. They wouldn't blame uh, maybe suicide and, uh, and different things like that on those transitioning on bullying or not being accepted or their big fallout with their parents and none of this stuff existed. And yet she still, uh, he still, Eric still thought it was a big enough deal that he needed to take his own life, you know? Um, and it's just something to think about when it comes to what our culture is going through when we can't accept who we are. And when we have difficulty doing that, um, we're more pampered than addressed, if that makes sense. Um, and I, I don't think, you know, some people would look at, I know would look at me and think, oh gosh, you know, how conservative and how staunch and, and all that stuff. I, I don't like to focus my beliefs through political viewpoints. I like to focus my beliefs um, through biblical ones, uh, faith-based ones. And um, I feel like that, you know, when we when we start addressing these things, a, a political lines often is drawn, but I, I just often think, you know, what about what about these people's inner lives? You know, if you hear about these transgender uh, stats and the suicide rate is going up, it's climbing up, it's not going down, then you think about how miserable some of these people really are. They thought if we could just do this, I'd be fine. Uh, that pushes me back ultimately to the gospel, but. Uh, I won't preach that to you now. Um, well, that's it for what's trending. Sorry to end on such an odd note, but I, I, again, I just thought this was an interesting article <clears throat> um, on on some of the variables considering Eric's life and uh, what other people would blame. This happened because of this. There's nothing to blame here, maybe except for the mental state of the person considered. So, well, hey, listen, what we're going to do is is we're going to uh, transition into phone a friend. Now, I want to say one thing before we get started here is uh, on phone a friend, I'm using a platform called Google Voice uh, where we talk on our actual phones and Google Voice records our activity and then I pull it into our recording software. So one of the things that I'm still trying to pan out here is the uh, recording on my end. Sometimes my end ends up being a little bit more distorted. You'll actually hear during the conversation there are a few different times where you may not be able to exactly make out what I'm saying. But Chad's audio comes through crystal clear. Uh, you'll get the opportunity to hear some cool things about him, uh, the gym he started, um, as well as a, a business he has called Garage Grind, and uh, even a little bit about some goats. Don't worry, we'll explain it. Uh, let's get into that now. All right, I'm going to phone a friend with my pal, Chad Langston from CrossFit Gardendale. And he is, uh, we're going to get into some good stuff here in just a second. But first, uh, Chad, say hey to everybody real quick. Hey, guys, what's going on? 
There it is. There it is. Um, how did you get into CrossFit? Well, um, my background is is athletics. I played uh, I played college baseball, uh, and my roommate in college. Um, well, let me go back. For five years after I quit playing ball, I got out of college. I did absolutely nothing. The most exercise I ever did was play golf, if you consider that exercise. So my buddy <laughs> called me one day, and he was like, dude, you got to try this out. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, this new exercise stuff that they're doing is called CrossFit. Have you ever heard of it? And I was like, you, you've lost me, bro. I'm not interested. He's like, no, just trust me, because he knew I, I never liked to work out. Um, and he's like, no, you just try it out, try it out. So I put it off, I put it off, and then I finally went to my first class. And uh, I fell in love with it, man. After I got done, I was like, how much does it cost? Because I'm in. Um, so, yeah. Drink so the Kool-Aid. I did, man. Just like everybody else, they usually, when they get into it, they just become obsessed with it. And I was just, I was the same way. It's crazy how that happened. So, yeah. Well, so, so how did you – okay, so you start CrossFit. How many years do you do CrossFit before you decide, okay, I want to become a CrossFit trainer – and I want to open. I want to open a gym of my own. Well, I I did CrossFit. Uh, started out at CrossFit Trustville. Um, I was living over there at the time, and um, I was over there maybe a year, almost a year and a half. Uh, and I decided my the job that I had then was kind of uh, I wasn't quite making the money that I was at at, at the time. Um, and so I, I was looking for something else to do. And my buddy, uh, my roommate again, that was. That taught me into it. He uh, he kind of persuaded me to uh, to try to open up my own place, and uh, so I did. I just took it took a chance. And how long ago was that? How when did y'all start the gym in Garndale? We have been uh, our five year anniversary was in August, so just coming up August will be six years. It's crazy, man. man. And it's crazy. Well, so. Yeah, so- it's, uh, So people listening to you talk about CrossFit, because, you know, I joined CrossFit two years ago, and I made fun of it with everybody. I thought, you know, these people are are nuts. I watched the videos, (laughs) and I thought, it's literally, it's a a legal way to torture people, is what I thought. And and people are excited about it. I don't get that first off. But I joined, I fell in love with it. I I think it's the best exercise um, weightlifting program you could be a part of. Now, I know that, and I know some of the things behind why CrossFit is CrossFit, but for you, especially as, like, a trainer and the owner of a gym, why would you say CrossFit is what it is and gets the results that it gets? Um, I mean, I, to piggyback what you said, I agree. I think it's the most effective workout that you can do um, for the results that you can get as quickly as you can get them. Uh, but for me, I think it's, uh, I think it's the friendships or the bonds that you make once you get started. Just like me and you, for instance, I consider you one of my, one of my best friends. And, um, you know, without this place, me and you probably never would have crossed paths. Um, and so I look forward to seeing people come in every day. Um, like I missed you. I thought you were coming at 12 today. I was looking for your truck. You disappointed me. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, I just, I'm just, uh, for me, it's just the people. I mean, I like being around people, and if I can, I feel like I'm helping them change their lives in a way. Um, and I think that's what it is for everybody. I think that they, uh, they look forward to seeing their friends or their buddies, and they get to work out with them and hang out with them for a few minutes. And, uh, 
hopefully my goal is just to make this the best hour of their day when they stop in. So uh, for me, yeah. that's, it's all about the people, you know. Yeah, that's cool. It's it's interesting too because every other it seems like with with everything in society right now, things are becoming more communal. Like just in general, you're not seeing like if you're a bodybuilder or if you're just trying to kind of go into some gym as a loner, um, they may offer classes that you go to or whatever. But for the mainstay, exercise and and weightlifting have been an individualized thing you do. Right. Uh, yeah. by yourself and so i would say like listening to everybody talk besides like pairing it with nutrition and getting results and getting stronger or getting through like for me i had chronic back pain before i started crossfit i mean i wasn't mm-hmm. able to deadlift uh 125 135 pounds without my back hurting to right you know working my way up to like 355 at one point so right. i can yeah. i can attest to the results you get but i think everybody's on the same page and it really is about finding uh, that sense of community and being around people and you you get to do something that you wouldn't normally do by yourself because you hate it so much (laughs) because now you've got people around you that will do it with you yeah i mean man it's all about the camaraderie man and that's that's my favorite part is to you know there's always somebody that finishes last in every class but to see people rally around them and and cheer them on to finish and that that means a lot to people you know you don't get that every day so well, so, yeah, so you so you start CrossFit Garndale, you've been doing that, and and you've got this semi new project, uh, you know this this uh, thing called Garage Grind. I've been a part of it. Um, tell them for so first off, what is Garage Grind, and how did how did Garage Grind get started? Well, Garage Grind came about um, clients that would come in. They would say that. Um, you know, they travel a lot or they're not able to uh to get in the gym enough to you know, for the for the pay to be worth their time. You know. Yeah. I can't see coming and paying this amount of money to be able to come once or twice a week. Totally understand that. I totally get that. So I started thinking about you know, people say, Well what you know, can you write me a workout I'm gonna do I'm gonna be out of town for a couple of days. Can you write me a couple of workouts? You know, that I can do it in the hotel room or whatever. And so I would do that for some people, and then I, it just kind of came about. Um, me and Carrie were sitting around thinking, uh, Carrie's my business partner. Uh, we were talking about it one day, and we were like, well, we've got all this, this programming that we've had for the past, you know, five years. Why don't we just tweak it a little bit so people can do this stuff at home, you know, if they're, if they're not able to come to the gym or they can't afford to come to the gym, um, you know, and give these people an opportunity to, to work on their fitness as well. So. That was kind of the idea of it. Um, it's uh, it's crazy how it's starting to uh, to take shape and grow. And so I'm uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. To be honest with you. And so if if somebody joined Garage Grind, they and sort of this this is sort of the main thing I feel about like CrossFit too because if 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 you went into a gym by yourself, you would have either had to think back to your high school gym days right. or right watch a bunch of videos or read a bunch of articles on how to isolate muscle groups or, you right. know, what kind of movements and, and exercises are paired with certain things to get the kind of results you look for. But when you right. come to CrossFit, and even so with Garage Grind, uh, programming is the hardest part of working out and getting what you want done in the gym. So you kind of solve that for people who are trying to figure that out without the expense of, 
the gym. So they get the programming, yeah. and and did, what else goes with that? Well, we offer a we offer a meal fit called Meal Fit. Um, it's a meal plan that that you can go uh, that you can subscribe to also. Uh, but the but the garage grind thing is there's two tracks. Um, there's a strength portion, uh, and then there's a cardio portion. The cardio is more based for stuff that you can do at home, very limited uh, equipment that is needed. Uh, the strength portion is something that you could actually go to the to a gym uh, with barbells, different kind of weights um, um, that you could use there also. So the programming is there for both. Um, if you wanted to choose a strength, you know, that you could go to a gym and do, or if you want to do something at home. Um, so yeah, I think that is. I tell people all the time that guys, guys and girls, can go to the gym and be there for two hours and not get anything accomplished because they're trying to figure yeah. out, you know, what what, what should I do. Um, and usually what happens is they do what they want to do and not necessarily what they need to do. So the, right. the results are never, never met. Um, so yeah, That's so hopefully, good. yeah, so hopefully with the garage grind, it gives the people opportunity to just say, you know, click on the, click on their phone and pull up the app and say, oh, okay, well, I'll do this today. Yeah. Yeah. I've talked to so. several people, some people who haven't worked out ever, uh, and, yeah. and listened to them, told them about Garage Grind. They got into it. And just talking about how one of the greatest parts about it, with it being paired with meal fit, which was, of course, you know, you can talk about working out all you want to, but if you're not eating certain types of food and not eating sure. certain types of food, then you're kind of, I don't know, I wouldn't say that you're totally destroying your workout, but you're not getting everything you could get out of it. But hearing them Correct. talk about how accessible uh, it was, especially with the app, and then know, hey, look, some of these movements I don't know, here's all the correlating Here's videos that show me how the movements go. Um, it's just a very accessible, compressed, it's all one-stop shop for everything you need. It's been, been cool to kind of watch people start their workout journey or their, their personal nutrition and uh, physical care kind of through that means and be, like, really excited about it. And the biggest part sure. of it was I don't have to guess. I don't have to guess. I don't have to go in a room and do a bunch of bicep curls and think I've done something for the day. Like, when I get done with even garage grinds, cardio workout i'm dead like i feel like i actually right. did something versus just you know go waste time doing something i don't even know i'm going to get the kind of results i want so sure yeah and i mean some simplicity was our biggest focus i mean we wanted to say anybody can subscribe to this and click on the workout if they don't know it like you said click on the video it's all right there for you i mean as simple as i mean it doesn't get any simpler if you ask me i don't know what else we could do to make it make it easier on people. So The only thing I could think that you could make it more simple for me is that you actually do the workout. For well, you now that might cost you extra. <laughs> uh, we might well, you are a program that, master. I say this all the time. But <laughs> the more I hate the workout, the more I love your program. So, Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the kind of the, yeah, the love-hate thing that, uh, that everybody talks about. <laughs> yeah, cause I, get dirty, I get dirty looks. I get dirty yeah, looks yeah, on yeah, regular yeah. basis. Yeah. Oh my God, Todd's making us run a mile before we do this workout. That's the stuff I love. I love when everybody <laughs> gets upset. That's my favorite yeah. part. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, uh, before we mm. kind of wrap this up, talk a little bit about how people, if they wanted to, if they wanted to check out CrossFit Burndale or they wanted to check out Garage Grind, I'm gonna let you tell them about that in a second. But uh, the other day in the gym, I told you that if I could do a strict muscle up, that we would have to talk about your obsession with dwarf pygmy goats. And because I'm a boss <laughs> like I am, I jumped up on the rings and did a strict muscle up. You, so I'm, you did like you know, a boss. I sort of know the story behind this. 
but I need to know with more clarity and the world of the It's John Fox show listeners need to know, why is Chad Langston completely obsessed with, daydreams about, journals about, may even be <laughs> considering actually purchasing a dwarf pygmy goat? Tell us exactly why that is. Man, I don't know. I've I've always loved goats. I've always wanted one. And to be honest with you, I don't know how I've gotten this far in my life without actually owning a goat. I because you're you're right. I'm obsessed with them. Um, oh, man. It started when I had my first kid. He's twelve. He'll he'll be twelve in May. But I had this idea of putting him, put a football helmet on him, and then having this goat and them just like button heads in the backyard, like. I've been obsessed with that idea, and now my kids are almost too grown for this to happen, so I'm running out of time. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, so if anybody's out there listening knows where I can get a dwarf pygmy goat, please, please let me know or let John know because this this is I'm really uh, I'm really looking uh, to purchase one. I want a black one. Ready to scratch so, yeah. that itch. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But I want I want to give it a shot. I really feel like that. Uh, believe you. I believe your birthday is somewhere in October, but I think between now and then we could rustle up some, like, do a goat fundraising and raise enough money to purchase you a, a pygmy dwarf goat, or a dwarf pygmy goat, not a uh, pygmy dwarf goat, and just have it somewhere very suspicious, maybe like in your car when you get in your car, oh. like to go to, well, how, on a scale from one to ten, how excited would you be if you cranked this up one morning and sitting next to you in that truck seat? Or the, a, a dwarf pygmy goat. How excited would you? Dude, be? I, I I can't even put that into words. What that was, what I would feel at that moment. <laughs> uh, that would be just, oh my gosh, that'd be the best. And if there was a, uh, if there just happened to be a jar of banana peppers laying around, that'd be the best. See, I wasn't even, for, I wasn't even talking about the banana pepper deal, <laughs> but I I may or may not have seen a with a goat wearing a gold chain with a banana pepper emblem. On that gold chain oh. at one particular point in our life. So, forget about it. Forget, forget about, about it. it. <laughs> well, I'm enjoying talking to you. If people wanted to check out CrossFit Garndale or Garage Grind, where would they need to go? What would they need to do? Uh, CrossFit-Garndale.com. Uh, all of our class times are on there. Um, all the information that they would need is on their email. Um, my personal phone number is on there, 821-0691. Uh, Garage Grind is garagegrind.training. We offer a, uh, a seven-day trial for the workout. You just click on it, um, kind of give you an idea of what uh, Garage Grind is all about. Try it out for a few days. And um, so, yeah, man, we'd love to uh, love for you guys to try it. Sweet. Well, um, Friday what time 12, you? I'll, I'll see you at 4.30. I'll be there. Okay, I was, I was wondering, why don't you come at 4 and you work out with me again, buddy? At four? Oh. Yeah. Oh. The workflow is so handy right now. I don't know right. <laughs> I understand. I understand. No, I gotta get a make a four o'clock at some point. I, I need that I need to be near you in a workout setting, not you standing over me telling me what I need to do. I need to Yeah, be, we need to we need to swap. I need to be a peer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe at the chalk bucket. All right, yeah. buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well have a good one, dude. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me, buddy. See you later. All right. See you, man. All right. Bye. Man, I hope you enjoyed that. Chad Langston is uh, what I like to call the bomb.gov. And so, Chad, thanks for being on the show, man. 
it was a blast. And uh, yeah, if you're if you're interested in Garage Grind or CrossFit, I can vouch for both of them. They're both phenomenal, uh, and especially if you're looking for something to get into. Maybe you're not this big like workout person. Um, both of those options are very much options for people who do not know anything about working out. I have watched uh, people come in. My wife is one of them who has come in and not known, has not worked out a day in her life, and she absolutely loves CrossFit. She's done garage grind stuff with me before too, so yeah, definitely check that stuff out. Well, I've got this really fun new segment called Bad Tunes. Now, um, in the world of music, there are some really bad tunes out there, okay? Now, I know some people, Jennifer was knocking on me the other day. She was laughing at me because I like uh, Smashing Pumpkins. I mean, Smashing Pumpkins is a pretty old band. But if you're from the 90s and you sort of liked alternative rock, I don't know how you couldn't like Smashing Pumpkins. It was like one of those bands. I mean, it was like one of the bands of the 90s. And so um, I loved Smashing Pumpkins. But when when I say that... There's music out there that's really bad. I mean, I don't mean it's non-preferred. I mean, it's actually really bad. And one of the things that makes a song bad are the lyrics. And so what I want to do for you is put on a little soft music, and I would like for you to join me on our new and amazing new segment, Bad Tunes. Check it out. Kick the Dust Up by Luke Bryan. Kick the dust up. Come on. All week long, it's a farming town. They're making that money grow. Tractors, plows with flashing lights. Backing up a two-lane road. They take one last lap around. That sun up high goes down. And then it's on. Come on. Girl, kick it on back, Z71 like a Cadillac. We go way out where there ain't nobody. We turn this cornfield into a party. Pedal to the floorboard, ate up in a four-door. Burning up a backroad song, park it and we pile out. Baby, watch your step now better have your boots on kick the dust up back it on up fill your cup up let's tear it up up and kick the dust up look I'm sorry if you're a Luke Bryan fan and you like that song there's something wrong with you because that's such a terrible song could I please just read one more line because it it's it hurts me so badly this song okay it's obviously about having a party out in the middle of a field but bar downtown they got a line of people way out the door ten dollar drinks it's packed inside I don't know what they're waiting for Got me a jar full of clear, and I got that music for your ears. And it's like, knock, 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 goes the diesel. 
if you really want to see the beautiful people. This is not music. This, this is somebody who tried to figure out how to make as many words rhyme as possible while using every redneck reference possible, which is pretty much what country music has become now uh, in most regards, at least pop country. Um, yeah, so hope you enjoyed that segment. It was at least fun for me. We're going to get into our big thought, and then we're going to close up shop. All right, well, our big thought today has to do with talking. Um, I'm working on a like a seven-day devotional. It'll probably be seven days, but it's it'll be called My Second Mouth. And the reason I'm writing this is because this has probably been one of the biggest points of God working with me that I have had throughout my life with Christ. I have not had a consistent place. Things have God's worked in me and been done with. My mouth has always been one of those places. Either the way I talk, how much I talk, who I talk to. Um, it just always seems to be that uh, my mouth needs consistent work uh, How in, in, the, in the words that I'm choosing. The particular scripture that has come up in all this is seem it seems to be excuse me um, to be a little more aggressive, but it's good for me to hear it this way. It's Proverbs twenty nine twenty. It says, "Do you see someone who speaks in haste? There is more hope for a fool than for them." Biblical literature, fool isn't a just word people use. Fool was this person who lacked wisdom. No one trusted him. Uh, they, they were, their life was going to be miserable because they were unwilling to learn. They were unwilling to do what was right. So the biblical use of the word fool is very harsh. Um, and so the idea that a fool would have more hope than someone who just speaks in haste uh, is a pretty is good imagery, uh, at least for me. So maybe, maybe you're one of these kind of people like me. Um, I was telling somebody the other day that... Um, I, I love to talk. I really do. Like, I love to talk. And, uh, you know, Jennifer always jokes at me and says, you know, she, Jonathan loves to hear himself talk. Um, but I really, I, I don't know that it's really that I like to hear myself t- talk. It's how, I, it's how I discover things. It's how I get things out of me. It's, it's very um, almost therapeutic in a way. And I think even that's why the podcast is so important to me. Um, it just gives me an opportunity to get this stuff out. And I like talking about certain things and may not always get the opportunity to talk about that in a conversational setting. But this scripture is very important to me, and maybe it can help you as well, um, talking about speaking in haste. Um, specifically, when you hear about people getting in an argument or a fight with somebody and they say, well, I didn't mean to say that. Well, why do you think they said it, even though they know that they didn't really mean it? Usually it's because they spoke in haste. They spoke really quickly. Um, you know, think about some of the times where um, you said something and you maybe made this statement, I wish I could get those words back. Or um, you think about a conversation you, you had and you're like, did, did, I, did I say too much? You know, we have these little cultural sayings that let us know that sometimes we may speak in haste or with more words than what we actually should. And so if the kind of the sickness here is that we speak too quickly, um, then maybe the counter scripture for this particular scripture, or maybe not a counter, but one that we could pull alongside, uh, is in James 1.19 that tells us to be quick to listen, slow to speak, 
that we ought to be our ears ought to be way more open than our mouths. And this is something again that I have struggled with, and I still struggle with it. I am a pastor of a church um, where most Sundays I'm given the opportunity to speak for around 35 minutes. So that means I'm prepping for a con- like a talk or a sermon uh, throughout the week. Um, I'm counseling with people. I'm talking to my kids. I'm talking to my wife. I'm talking to my friends. I'm talking to my uh, you know uh, my family. And talking is a part of the normal human experience, but even more so sometimes for what I'm doing. I mean, I got a podcast that goes almost an hour, uh, you know, and why is that? Because I like to talk. I'm realizing that haste or the quickness for which we we talk, we had to turn that then to the quickness for which we listen. Um, Two things I think happen when we slow down and we're, we're quicker to listen and slower to speak. Uh, number one is we know when we should speak and not. And number two is we know what we should speak and what we shouldn't. And I think uh, that has become more clear to me. Uh, when I take a minute just to kind of slow down and pause, we're actually uh, about to finish up a series uh, this Sunday on this idea of pausing. And I, and I even thought about it when I was reading the scripture is if I could just pause for just a second, slow down, make sure my ears are open more than my mouth, and I could get my kind of head around this, I would know the quantity of words and the quality of my words. And those two things would uh, would be great. So I uh, hope that helps you uh, today. And if you're a talker like me, uh, it probably is something you need, to, you need to really think about and work on. So, uh, yeah, hey, thanks for being a part of the podcast today. A few things real quick before we close up shop. Uh, if you want to join uh, my life and the wondrous activities that I'm always involved with, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at It's John Fox. You can go over to the podcast page on Facebook, the It's John Fox Show podcast page. Uh, you can go and like that, and would love for you to be a part of that. Anytime we put up a new episode, you'll be alerted there. And, of course, if you go to your iTunes or your Google Play and you subscribe to the podcast, the podcast will automatically be pumped into your phone or device, whichever you have it on. And we would love for you to subscribe. We would love for you to leave a review. Um, got some interesting things in the works for as as far as if our subscriber base grows, some of the neat things that we'll be able to do as a show. And that is definitely something that I am interested in. And so I'd ask you to do me some huge favors. Uh, number one is, again, subscribe to the show via whichever podcast uh, app you're using or service you're using. Also, leave us a review, but even share the podcast. If you've enjoyed the podcast, share it on Facebook, share it on Twitter, share it on Instagram. Uh, let people know uh, what you're listening to, why you like the show, and uh, I'm trying to, again, boister a little bit of growth here to see if we can't um, get to this um, uh, quarter of the year goal, which was to get to 100 subscribers. And like I've told you all many times, we have gotten to the 90 range um, uh, I don't know if I've ever said that on the show before, but we've gotten to the 80s, the 90s. Would love to just close that gap. Just close it, close it, close it, and get to 100. That would be a blast. And keep 100 regular subscribers uh, would be fun. Um, and then the one last thing is if you've got any questions, any comments, um, we do our Ask Away segment. We've got opportunities to talk and discuss a, a myriad of different things. Uh, so if you want to do that, you can send me an email at itsjohnfox at gmail 
Bryceland.com. As I was talking to Bryce Landwehr, who came up from the Wellspring um, uh, Clinic, the Wellspring Clinic, couldn't get it out, um, we were even talking about getting him on the show and maybe even having a segment where you can ask the counselor uh, something. So if you wanted a specific rebuttal uh, from a professional, from a Christian counselor uh, on a specific issue or something that you were thinking about or maybe even um, wondering about even some people around you or even you yourself, some things going on with you and you want to know how would you handle this, how would you think about this, uh, we can get Bryce on the show. He offered that, and I thought that would be a fun uh, element to the show as well. So definitely going to have a lot more stuff in the show. Looking forward to uh, some segments on Phone a Friend here coming up. Got some cool folks going to be joining us, so that's going to be a blast. And so, again, you're going to want to keep up with the show and uh, interact with us as much as possible. Please, please, please. It would be amazing. would love to have you. And, of course, this is the It's John Fox Show. I'm Jonathan Fox. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.